What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. Wind came up the door, closed on me, and the children were screaming. Welcome. Neverland is mine. <laughs> we're going to bring ghosts from all over the world. Join us. Be sure to bring your death certificate. Well, 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 You're supposed to tell them to take their pixie out of their pockets. I don't believe in fairies. I am your host, your ghost host. <laughs> and I'm your pixie, the windy nerd, Heather. Why can't I see you, and what have you done with Jeremy, our spider pan? Wouldn't you like to know? <laughs> Well, actually, I would. That's why I asked. So, you've come to Neverland to fly. That's right, and I will turn this place upside down until I do. Meanwhile, Lost Boy Eric is searching Disneyland for him. <laughs> and he sent us some great audio. And of course, you'll want to share a trailer. Yep, Fantastic Beasts and where to find them. Spanning the Disney and Geek Universe to bring you the best in comics, toys, movies, and entertainment. This is news from around Neverland. Walt Disney World celebrated 45 years on October 1st. Thanks to LaughingPlace.com for this audio. If you'd like to see the video, head over to their website, LaughingPlace.com. Good morning and welcome to our celebration. Isn't this exciting? 45 years ago, we'll welcome our first guest to the most magical place on earth. Now we invite you to celebrate those 45 years of magic, dreams, and make-believe with us today at the 45th anniversary of the Walt Disney World Resorts. <laughs> 
please help me welcome to the stage the president of the Walt Disney World Resort, George A. Calagrino. everybody. Welcome to Walt Disney World and Magic Kingdom. As Nathaniel said, 45 years ago, on October 1st, 1971, we welcomed our very first guest. I was working here that day as a busboy at Disney's Contemporary Resort, one of the two resorts that was in operation here on opening day. I can tell you that for all of us cast members in the resorts and the theme park both, it was a day of excitement, anticipation, considerable butterflies in our stomach. But mostly, it was a day of joy because we had the privilege of knowing that we were about to create Disney memories that you, our guests, could cherish for a lifetime. And today, 45 years later, that joy continues. It's such an honor to have you here to share with us this milestone. On October 25th, 1971, Roy Disney, one of the co-founders of our company, was here to personally dedicate this place. It had been known during its planning stages as Disney World, but during his dedication, Roy used its new name, Walt Disney World, dedicating it to his brother, arguably the greatest entertainment visionary of the 20th century. Here's what Roy said on that day. Walt Disney World is a tribute to the philosophy and life of Walter Elias Disney and to the talents, the dedication, and the loyalty of the entire Disney organization that made Walt Disney's dream come true. Then Roy ended with a wish that we would like to share again with all of you. May Walt Disney World bring joy and inspiration and new knowledge to all who come to this happy place. A magic kingdom where the young of heart of all ages can laugh and play and learn together. During anniversaries such as this, it's also helpful to remember something our founder said during the 10th anniversary celebration at Disneyland. Speaking at the Disneyland Hotel, Walt Disney said, I just want to leave you with this thought, that it's just been sort of a dress rehearsal and we're just getting started. Of course, after 45 years, perhaps we've gone a bit beyond the dress rehearsal stage. But when I think about Walt Disney World, I think of Disney's Animal Kingdom, where next year we will open Pandora, the world of Avatar. An entire new land based on the number one box office feature of all time. I think of Disney's Hollywood Studios, where we are now in construction on two other new lands based on Toy Story and Star Wars two of the strongest franchises in the entertainment industry. That comes on top of everything else we've already done today. And while I'm not ready to open the jar of pixie dust just yet, I can tell you that we will have much more news coming between now and our golden anniversary in 2021. So in a very real sense, we are just getting started. We are very pleased that you could join us for this moment. And now, to celebrate 45 years of magic, here is a 21st century take on a classic Disney favorite.
October 1st was also the premiere of Great Moments in History, but only the American parts, starring the Muppets. Sometimes assisted by the town crier, the Muppets will appear in windows to perform musical plays about Paul Revere, the Declaration of Independence, and more. These are great shows, of course, featuring Gonzo, Fozzie, Piggy, Sam the Eagle, and of course some chickens, and then Kermit. Uh, Muppet mayhem and comedy always flood these shows, and so we highly recommend them. You are witnessing the pre-recorded audio fiction. And now I've ruined the map. <laughs> By the time you hear this, a first look at parts of the Caribbean will have premiered Sunday night. Right during a season two finale of Fear the Walking Dead. <laughs> After the success of John Favreau's live-action The Jungle Book, he's spoken with Disney about live-action version of The Lion King. Considering The Jungle Book only had one live element, namely Mowgli, I fail to see how a full CGI animal movie is considered live-action. And Teddy Ruxpin is returning to toy store shelves with new LCD eyes and updated technology. Something so creepy... It gives even me nightmare. Teddy Ruxpin hits store shelves with hard drive loaded with 10 stories. 
You, of course, can download more stories. He's set to return July 2017 and will cost $99. Now that's Well done. I have to agree with you on that. Well, I guess that means you're in the mood for a ride on Ghost Galaxy at Disneyland thanks to Lost Boy Eric. The Neverland Trailer Park.
you've known for 24 hours, that an unregistered wizard set magical beasts loose in New York? Yes. Where is this man? So, you're the guy with the case full of monsters, huh? Use travels first. Mr. Scrander, do you know anything about the wizarding community in America? We don't let things loose. Hey, Mr. English guy, I think your egg is hatching. You wiped his memory, right? The no magic. The what? No magic. The non-wizard. Sorry, we call them muggles. I don't think I'm dreaming. Gave it away. I ain't got the brains to make this up. Something is stalking our city. Wreaking destruction. And then disappearing without a trace. Witches live among us. We've lived in the shadows for too long. I ask all of you. Who does this protect? Us? Danger. He senses danger. This is related to Grindelwald's attacks in Europe. This could mean war. We got a plan, right, guys? They need our help. Was that everything that came out of the case? I won't let another one die. I refuse to bow down any longer. Time is running out, Mr. Commander. So we have a trailer of Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, and this is, is kind of exciting. Um, of course, I love animals, so any little animals that, uh, even ma- magical ones that show up will be good. It looks like it's a uh, magical people versus non-magical people um, kind of battle that's trying to be incited there. And, and did I hear the name Oh? Uh, yes, I think you did. Well, I'm sure Harry Potter fans that have read the books will be familiar that alone makes it exciting. But why have I not used this idea? You want fantastic beasts? I should unleash a few beasts upon Neverland. How would you enjoy that? Oh, no thanks. We're, we're good with beasts. Oh, of course. If anyone else calls you beasts, though. Ugh. To Disney and beyond. And now, we'll hear from horror icon Karen Hen. Fans will know her as Newt in the blockbuster fear fest that is James Cameron's Is. Day at two, Kansas City Comic Con. Welcome everyone. You guys have any time so far? Yep. Yes, I'm totally All right. Our guest this morning made her mark in Hollywood as Newt. So. Let's let her go ahead and come out and she can talk to you and we'll his young Carrie Ann. 
Hello. Welcome to Kansas City. Thank you. Is this your first time here? It is, yes. All right, so you were born in London, you live in California now. No, I was born in Panama City, Florida. Okay. You live in London, and that's where they found you, right? Well, actually, I lived at RIF Lake Heath, which was an Air Force base over in England. Sorry. I have done my research well. But the Indians was filmed in London, so technically I did live in London during the Alright, so um, take me back if you were nine at the time. Yes. And they come to you and they say, we want you to do what, what was that process? How did, how did you get involved in, in the beginning? Um, well, it all kind of, can I take this um, It all was kind of like a freak thing that happened. Um, I was eating lunch in my school cafeteria. I went to an Air Force Base school, and usually I went home for lunch, because if you lived nearby, you could, and my mom just happened to not be home that day. So a casting agent came around and took pictures of sort of what James Cameron had in his mind as what he would like for the part of Mute. The they took my picture. I didn't think anything of it at all. And, and then a few days later, they called and said, oh, well, you know, someone took Carrie's picture, would she like to try out for a movie? I really had no concept of what was going on. But um, my parents just said, would you like to try out for it? So I said, sure. So we had a lot of auditions at, at my school. And then they brought uh, about five or six of us from my school to London to the student, to find the studios, and they did auditions there. Um, and then they called back and said it was between myself and a girl in America. So they were flying Sigourney Weaver over to audition with me to see kind of how our chemistry was. And then after that audition, they called up and said I had the part. And again, we still really didn't have a concept of what I was getting involved in. <laughs> so first day on the set, when you know, you've got all of this around you, these cameras, these people in here making lights on, how did, how did you react to that? I mean, when it was before we were on the set? Um, well, I was very lucky because between James Cameron and Stan Winston, they were very amazing and they tried to shelter me from a lot of things. Um, and part of that was by telling me how everything was done. So before the actual filming, I was there and I got to see the sets and see how everything was. They tested my um, hair, like they had to cut it because it wouldn't frizz out enough because it was too long. Um, they tested my makeup and everything. So I was used to all of that. What actually worried me the most um, was we had to go and eat. Everyone went into the cafeteria and they ate. And I was upset the first time going there because I thought everybody would laugh at me because of the way I was dressed. I had no concept. You know, they were filming Little Shop of Horrors at the time. So there was people dressed all crazy in there. But as a nine-year-old, that was my concern was that they were going to think I was weird. So. <laughs> and, and nine years old, going in and working at Pinewood Studios, where so many films have been made, it just there's no there's no sense of the history of the place. But now looking back on it in hindsight, it, is your is your feeling about it any different? And in, in how how much of an impact this is? Because Aliens was really a hit in the eighties, and you know here we are thirty years later, we're talking about your. Because after Aliens, you didn't do any more acting. 
No, well, and at the time, you know, I didn't realize how big Pine Woods Studios was or even how big half the people I was working with were because at nine I had no concept. Um, I, um, now looking back, I mean, at the time I knew they had, like, there's a special set there for James Bond and it says, like, 007 on the side. Well, I knew James Bond. So I thought that was pretty cool. And that's where they were filming Little Shop of Horrors. So wardrobe, you know, people working on that. So they took us over and I got to see all the sets when they weren't filming and things like that, which was really cool to do. Um, but you know, like, I didn't go into acting. I didn't realize until, uh, I'm trying to think, I think it was about eight years ago, was about when I realized how big Aliens was. And I don't know if I still really have a complete grasp of it. Um, because I filmed Aliens and then we finished filming in February and then we did voiceovers and little things like that. And then I moved back to the States in May and then Aliens came out in July. I really just wanted to be a normal kid. You know, um, so I didn't have any concept. I contemplated going back, going into acting, but I wanted to make friends. I wanted, it was a culture shock going from England, which my mom is English, so even though we lived up in the American Air Force Base, we were with my mom's family when we weren't at school or work or whatever. So I was essentially an English child. Um, it was a big culture shock going to California, <laughs> as you can imagine. Um, so it was hard, it was tough, and I just wanted to kind of get used to everything and make friends. And then I always wanted to be a teacher, so that's what I ended up following that path instead. And then I get... You currently teach fourth grade in California? Yes, I do. Now, now that you've been doing this, you know, you've had the 30th, you know, the 30th anniversary, you were out of San Diego, and you're starting to do all these panels, and now there's discussion about a new, a new alien with Neil Blomkamp doing essentially Alien 5, or Alien 6, whatever the number is, that ignores the death of the new Nick Hicks. Have there been any talks? Have you even thought? No, I don't know what it would be like. Have you thought about coming back to the character? Um, you know, it's been 30 years. Um, I don't know if I could do it again. It's a lot of time, a lot of effort. Um, there might not be a slide this time. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I'm a mom, I'm a teacher, I have two kids, my daughter is in competitive soccer, so I'm pretty busy. A lot. Um, I don't know. I mean, obviously, you don't really know until it happens to you. Um, I wouldn't be opposed to doing like something small, like maybe a cameo or something like that. But I know about as much as all of you do because I've heard little bits here and there when I'm at conventions. Um, this summer we did a convention in Houston, and there's like eight or nine of us that got together for that. So of course it came up in one of the panels there. So I hear little snippets here and there. Um, at San Diego it came up again. Um, but I mean, I know about as much as you guys do, and like the day that, I think it was Alien Day, when he released a picture that looked eerily like me about five years ago, so yeah. Okay, now we do have a microphone set up here, so if any of you have any questions, go ahead and line up there and we'll get started. Yes, sir. Hi, Gary. Hello. Um, being nine years old and being around the xenomorphs, what was that like? Was that pretty terrifying? Or? 
you know, it should have been. <laughs> but it wasn't because it was a stuntman who I was friends with, who they used to let me do kind of crazy things. And so I just, they'd be running around without the head on, and then we'd be getting ready to film, and they put the head on and that. But I'm scared of dogs, more so then, so I was just pretending like it was a dog chasing after me. <laughs> Hey. Hi, Carrie. Hello. Haven't seen you in 22 years. <laughs> Hi. How are you doing? Welcome Pretty to Kansas City. Thank you. Do you miss anything from class of 94 at all? Just so you know, we went to high school together. Yeah, we went to high school together. <laughs> How are you? Um, no, I don't, I don't miss um, high school. <laughs> well, I just want to say welcome to Kansas City. I'm going to go back to the booth. So. Thank you, Aaron. I'll see you later. I'll see you later. Yeah, the whole wanting to be a normal kid and doing all that. Now, now that you're doing the conventions and whatnot, are the people in your neighborhood looking at you a little bit differently? Or do they know that you're mute? Or has that? It's it's pretty old news. Um, my dad moved. We moved to this town 30 years ago, and I've pretty much lived there. You know, I went to college and that, but I live there. So, like my students, I went to school with there cousins, moms, dads, so it's not really a big deal. And it's kind of my secret life because I don't go around saying, oh, I was new with aliens and oh, I'm going to this place. You know, my friends know, but it's not something that I really broadcast. It's cool that you're a fourth grade teacher. All well, things that you wanted to be, well, uh, first of all, when did school start and why did you want to be a teacher? Um, you know, all my life I was wanted to be a teacher. I used to line my dolls up and I teach them different things. Um, I mean, ironically, I was in fourth grade when I filmed Aliens, so it's kind of the only year I can't associate with. Um, what was the other part of that question? I assume the school's not starting yet. Oh, well, that's why I'm here Saturday and Sunday, because teachers went back on Thursday, so I had meetings Thursday, and then I had meetings yesterday, and then I took a red eye out, and then Sunday night, right after the convention, um, because I have meetings again on Monday, <laughs> and then students start on Tuesday. Do you find it to be fulfilling? I love it. I love it every, every day. Well, 99.9% of the time it is very, very fulfilling. The, the, the world of When did you start doing conventions? And, and was that itself some some kind of culture shock for you? Because I mean, this you had, you had, like you said you haven't been around any conventions, and now suddenly here you are you're doing all these conventions. Expands coming out San Diego was huge. You know, is that its own kind of culture shock for you? Yeah, I mean at first it definitely was. I. I guess they've been looking for me, and I'm pretty hard to find, um, and I like it that way. Um, and they finally, someone found me, I'm trying to think, my daughter was about a year old, so eight years ago? Um, so 2008, someone in London found me, and they said, hey, you want to come to a convention? I truly and honestly had no clue. Like, the only conventions I've been to were teacher conventions. 
which are very different to Comic Cons. Um, so, <laughs> um, so I thought, oh, a free trip to London? What the heck? My family lives there. Uh, so we went, and it was. It, it was the London Film and Comic Con, which eight years ago was a lot smaller than what it is now, because I went to it last summer and it was a completely different world. And it was really neat, um, and it was kind of weird for me, because I'll be sitting up there and I'm like, oh my god, I'm sitting next to that person, oh, there's that person, even I'm doing selfies of myself and sending it to my friends with like, people in the background. Um, so, I mean, it is, it was a culture shock. The next one I went to was, Dragon Con in Atlanta, and that's a whole other ball game. Um, and that was kind of my introduction to the bigger ones. And I've done a lot of different ones, and I just did San Diego Comic Con, which is on a whole different level. Um, it's really, it's amazing. It's amazing just to talk to fans. And as a military brat, I always love it because you always get someone who was in the Marines and they come up to you and they say, you know, aliens meant so much to us and uh, we watched it before we deployed. And for me, to think that I had a small part in them going off and then feeling like they were, you know, part of the family and, you know, them being able to relate to it, for me, that is like probably the biggest compliment. So we moved back here in May, and then it premiered in July. And so we went down to yeah, we went down to LA to watch it. Um, I was supposed to go to London for the premiere of it, but school had started, so I didn't. Did it? Did it have? Did it feel any any surreal to see yourself up on screen like that? No, and I think it's because I was so young. Like I didn't. I was just. And Sigourney used to say to my mom, you know, it's so weird because Carrie just thinks this is normal. And it's normal for nine-year-olds to do stuff like that. And for me, it is. Um, you know, I see the abnormality of it now that it's not. And like, you know, we have pictures on the wall and my daughter will say something like, or, you know, if there's something that Sigourney has given her or something, and she'll be like, oh yeah, my friend Sigourney gave this to me. And my friends will say, that's just not normal. And that's kind of when it dawns on me, like, I've got some friends, you know? But, <laughs> It, and like watching it on the screen, um, I saw it again in LA for, they did an alien day screening of it around the country. And it's nice for me because my husband goes to those things. And I think watching it on the screen for him is kind of neat. It's, it's, my daughter is now the age I was and she really looks like me. Um, so for me, it's almost like watching her. Um, but like, look, there was only one part that scared me that I hadn't, I wasn't there for it to be filmed. And throughout the whole filming, James Cameron was always trying to scare me. And I'd be like, yeah, whatever, it's just <laughs> Or he'd like throw like, a rubber chicken at me or something, and like, it wouldn't scare me. Yeah, okay, whatever, okay. But uh, at the very beginning, they go, one of the Marines come into the colony, and there's the three aliens in a thing, and one jumps up at um, Paul Razor. Oh, I didn't see that being filmed, and I screamed. And by this stage, nobody knew who this kid was, and they're screaming because my car hadn't come on yet. And so everyone kind of looked at me, and then I didn't realize James Cameron was sitting behind me. 
so he tapped me on the shoulder while I was still like in shock from the other one. I screamed again, and he's like, I got you twice in one of the 20 seconds. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it is weird to see yourself on screen, but it's, I guess to me it's kind of normal, which is weird. So, so your daughter definitely knew you to fly back. <laughs> she probably could, yeah. Do you have uh, a particular, you know, you talk about the stories of you running around with a stuntman and the camera trying to, to, to scare you, and then we get the story about the slide. Um, it's, it's on IMDb, I kept busting the shot. Because it, it has been exaggerated, I didn't bust it that many times. <laughs> so, what, so what is the story on that? This is, this is where you're hanging on and you fall down the chute. Yes, yeah, um, so it was about a three or four story shoot, and it had this huge knot at the bottom of it, which, I mean, we're kid, that's like heaven right there. Um, and then all the people working on the film had to like sign up, um, and it was like adults one pound, children free. Well, I was the only child there anyways. And so um, I was up there, maybe once or twice I kind of messed up a little bit so that I could go down and then because I didn't mind then when I went downstairs. Um, and then James Cameron said to me, he's like, Carrie, as soon as we can get this done, and I always thought he knew what I was doing, but just this summer we talked about it and he didn't realize that's what I was doing. Um, and he said, as soon as we can get this done, you can go on the slide as much as you want. So I said, alright, let's go. So um, Bill Paxton improvised a lot of lines. How much did you get to play with what was in the script? Or did, or did you even get to, was that even discussed? Did Cameron even say, we'll do it this way and then we'll try it one and you can make something up? The only kind of improvising that, because I am very much like, I mean, I guess James Cameron said to my dad, and I don't have a lot of experience working with children. Give me tips on Carrie, what I can do to get her. He just said, tell her exactly what you want, and she'll do it. And that's how it always been. Like, you tell me what I want, and I'll do it. And I'll do exactly what you say. Um, like, one point, he, I guess, uh, you know, I stick my hands up through the grate before the alien comes. So I was under, I was in the water, and he was actually on top. And he said, okay, I'm going to say Sporty's line, it is X, Y, Z. And once I say that, you say your line. So I said, okay. So we were rolling, and he didn't say X, Y, Z. He said like A, B, C, and I said nothing. So then he's like, okay, cut it. Um, Carrie, what happened? And I said, well, you were supposed to say X, Y, Z, and you didn't say it. I mean, I was very literal. Um, the only thing that was, I guess, kind of an improvise, but it wasn't, is at one point early on, James Cameron said, you know what, let's add a scream in here. So I want you to scream, and we'll see how that goes. So he, I said, okay, so I screamed, and then when I was finished, I kind of stopped and looked around, and everyone was just staring at me. And so it was kind of, I guess, an improvise, but it, like, then he said, okay, we're going to use that word. So, but then I got laryngitis, that kind of sucked. There was a lot of screaming in that. Yeah. Now, I understand your brother was also in the movies in the deleted scene. He played your brother yes. in the film. Is that, do you have, do you guys ever talk about the experience or? Um, yeah, I mean, my brother got to come on set even when he wasn't.
Um, the school would let him out occasionally to come up and he would spend a week here or there because my mom and I were living in London. He and my dad were at Cambridge. Well, just outside of Cambridge. Um, and so he'd come and do that. For me, it was cool because my mom said, he and I are over there, my mom's over here, I get to argue with him, and I gotta hit him with my doll. And I was getting paid, and she knew nothing about it. So like, for me, that was cool, I don't know how cool it was for him. But, you know, it was never, like, I used to get a lot of, you know, like, oh, was your brother jealous that his part got cut out, or whatever. Um, my parents would never allow that to happen. Like, there was no, I didn't brag, I didn't make fun of him or anything like that. It just, it was what it was. And, we were pretty much told that eventually, one day, there would be, you know, an extended version that he would be in it. So, I mean, it, it just, I don't know, it was never a big deal in our family. So, if you were to go back, what kind, where, where do you see dudes now? You know, I'm kind of putting you on the spot, but, 30 years later, just spitballing, where do you think Newt would be after all this time? I mean, I don't know, that's kind of hard. Um, I guess I kind of see her as taking over for Ripley. Um, you know, I see that, because kind of, James Cameron kind of set it up, and some people saw it, some people didn't, but there's a lot of frames that had Hicks, Ripley, and Newt. And he was trying to kind of set up that family. Um, so in my mind, I always thought, you know, we went back to Earth and lived a happy life. Um, you know, probably won't happen, and obviously didn't. Um, but I guess I always just felt like, because in the movie, Sigourney and I had such a strong bond that I looked up to her as my character, and I guess I always felt like we probably would have grown up to be kind of like her, maybe do something similar. You two kept in touch over the years. Stuff. 
Um, I mean, I guess the way he described it was, it was kind of like at nighttime, it was like teachers gone wild down there. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, I guess that's... My, my best friend is a math teacher in Corpus. And I've heard stories <laughs> about him. It was pretty crazy, I tell you. I was like, whoa. So do you have a specialty in, you know, in fourth grade, some kind of, depending on the school, that you either have, you're always teaching math to all of the students, or reading, or do you I do it all. I do it all, yeah. And I'm excited this year I have my daughter in my class, so. Okay. <laughs> now, um, have, you, have you thought anything about the, the, the idea as teachers, sometimes you're getting up in front of a class, you're, you're essentially on stage, you're, you're, you have to be on for class. Did, have, you, have you found yourself pulling from your time on aliens to, to, oh, there's some trick that you can try to get the kids to do anything you know, I don't know, I'm asked that question a lot, and I guess, you know, there are things that, like, I do use it, because kids say things that you can't laugh about, but you really want to laugh about. Oh, awesome, thank you. Um, that you really want to laugh about, but you kind of have to act like it's not funny, um, and sometimes they have to get in trouble for what they did, even though it's slightly amusing. Um, but, you know, I, I'm, like, the weird teacher, like, I dance, I sing, I do all that stuff, so I guess I kind of do use that. Although I can't sing and I can't dance, um, so it's interesting. But I mean, I guess I do kind of use that. I sometimes still, like have the kids do plays and things like that, and I use a lot of. I'm, just, I'm assuming, being not great aliens, that you had never seen the first movie because it would have creeped you out. But then I assume that also. Uh, if you had seen the first movie, Alien, would you have been too scared to death to do the sequel? Well, actually, well, I had never seen it all through the audition phase. Okay. And then when they offered me the part, they did, uh, Gail and her did say, the producer, she said, Carrie needs to watch Aliens. Before you sign anything, she needs to watch Aliens. Um, which at the time, I was eight at the time, okay. and I actually thought it was funny. Like, I thought it was like, I, I don't know, I thought it was funny. Which is ironic because Aliens is probably the scariest movie I've watched since then. Because I don't like scary movies. Um, so, I mean, I did see it, but I had a very different reaction. Um, now I wouldn't want to go watch it because it would probably scare me. I have, like, that active imagination and I, like, imagine it was going to happen around me or something. Now, Dylan, her producing The Walking Dead, do you get questions about showing up on that show at some point. I mean, are, are, are people regularly asking you when, you can, when you're going to get back into acting? Um, I do get asked that a few times. Um, and there's been a couple people who have talked to me about doing cameos on different things in that. And I said, if it works out, it works out. Then I wouldn't be opposed to it. Um, just right now, I don't have a lot of time. Um, yeah, I mean, it was funny because in San Diego, we support me and we're talking to Gail separately. And I said, you know, I'm sorry, Gail, I haven't watched it. And she's like, oh my god, Sigourney hasn't watched it either. She's like, how can we have it? I go, it would terrify me. I would be convinced zombie everywhere with zombies. And that's exactly what Sigourney said. <laughs> she, she said, uh, it, this 
pursues that idea of its independent or yep. Yeah, that, that would be, I'm, yeah. There was, you, you keep mentioning cameos, you'd be okay with cameo or doing that kind of thing. The, the recent sequel to Independence Day uh, got a lot of fan blowback because they replaced the actress who played the president's daughter from the first movie, who was about that same year, young, young age, and they replaced her. And there were a lot of people who were not happy with that. Since this is your part, would you be okay with somebody else playing an older Newt? Because there are a lot of people out there that think you're the only one that needs to play. If, if Newt comes back, Carrie Ann needs to play. Yeah, which is interesting because um, I guess about a year and a half ago I opened up a Twitter account and I get a lot of questions about it and a lot of people saying that to me. Um, I mean, like, yeah, I mean, as long as they did be proud. Because in this new one, I mean, got, you know, Sigourney's back, Ben said he's, he's coming back. And it's one of those where, well, if we're bringing everybody back, we need to bring everybody back. And so, you know, there's that, there's that push. Well, I think that, but I think that from what I've read um, is that Newt is supposed to be quite a bit younger. Is supposed to be like in her late 20s is what I read somewhere. So I don't think I can pull So, so what's next for you? I mean, you've got the school, the school year starting on Monday, right? Tuesday. And that's, that's your life. You've got two, how many kids do you have? I have two children. He gets to meet some pretty cool people and get some pretty cool autographs out of it. Um, my daughter is at the age where she's like, this is pretty cool. Maybe this is what I would want to do. Um, she kind of gets it a little bit more than he does. I think it's just because of the age. Uh, like at San Diego, um, they walked around with my husband and my parents went as well. And they just couldn't believe that like, I was sitting among these people. And during the panel and that, they just were amazed. Um, I don't know if any of you have been to San Diego Comic Con, but we were in Hall H, and my children were just like, that's so weird that people, that many people wanted to hear you talk. Like, we have to hear you talk all the time. You know, my students say the same thing. Um, you know, I mean, they just, you're just mom or, or Yeah. Um, but you know, like for me, for when they go there, I'm very conscious of, I don't want people to know they're my children, um, so they aren't allowed to come up to me or anything like that, which is hard for them. Um, but I like to keep, you know, want to keep them safe. Sure. Now, you say your daughter is expressing interest. Is this something you encourage, or is this something you just kind of wait and see what she's going to do, or you want to completely say no? Well, one minute she says that, and the next minute she wants to be a doctor, and then the next minute she wants to go robotics. So, whatever, you know, I mean, like I said to her, I said, well, if whatever you choose to do, I will support her just as my parents did. Um, and if she, I said, you are one of the luckier ones that if going into acting is something you want to do, I obviously have connections to try to, you know, 
see if that is something to further. But I don't, I mean, I really don't know. Right now, her big thing is robotics, so. I have to run to the microphone to get to it. Uh, I fear you probably got a pretty good look of some of the uh, mechanics or the puppeteering for the facehugger since you know they have the scene with Newt in there uh, trapped with one. Uh, how did that work? I mean, it looked like they really just didn't have any wires out there. Was there a lot of remote control going on with that, or how did that work? Yeah, it was like it was. It was a remote control, basically, and then there was someone off on the sides, and they were moving all the stuff around and everything. So it was pretty cool. It was like a remote control face hunter. Um, it was, yeah, I mean, it was, I don't know how else to describe it, but yeah. Do they ever let you play with the remote and kind of make it run around? No, because I might have broken it. Um, I mean, they let me do other cool things, like uh, the end where they pull me across on the ground. Um, well, one she opens up when she's fighting the Queen Alien and all that kind of stuff with power loader. Um, I had a harness on, and it was the same harness that you can use to fly around like Superman. And on another set, they were filming aliens flying around various scenes here or there. And they said, when we're done with this, we'll take you over to that. Then they let me fly around and do fun stuff like that. Cool. So, it paid to be the only child on set. Yeah, you were paid to were there any props or anything from the set that you got to keep? No, I keep, well, I mean, yes and no. I kept asking, can I keep those? Can we keep those? Can we keep those? Can we keep those? And then James Cameron kept saying, no, no, no. <laughs> um, do you, there's a, when Ripley goes after me and it's in like my little nest where I have all the stuff in there, she pulls out a picture and says, I can raise this in board. And in it, I'm like, there's a picture of me and I'm in a dress. I still have that dress, but that's about the extent, I think, of the excitement. And like, wardrobe gave me a few little things. Um, on Hudson's coat of armor, he had a skull, and I think there was like a knife in it or something, and they had made multiple of those, and so they gave me one of those, and, like little things like that. Now I'm just not allowed to keep. You know, I think, even as a child, I realized how much that movie centered around a woman hero. Um, and, you know, I don't know if it's from the movie or if it's from my parents, or if it's a little bit of both, but I, I never doubted that I could do or be anything that I wanted to do. Um, and I could, I just, I think it was kind of empowering for me as a girl.
oh yeah, but it, usually they just come into me. And then like the kids will bring, like at Christmas time, they'll bring like the DVD. And would you sign this and I'll give it to my dad for Christmas. some other cons as well, uh, you know, taking selfies of yourself with people in the background. Who have you been really juiced or jazzed to meet or take selfies with, and vice versa? Do you think it's funny that some celebrities have been jazzed or juiced to meet you? Yeah, it's kind of weird to me sometimes when other celebrities will say, like, oh my god, I'm so excited. Oh, I used to watch your dance when I was little and you were my favorite character and things like that. And I used to, like, that's kind of weird for me. Um, I think my biggest one was when I was in, I went to a convention in Germany, and MacGyver was there. <laughs> so I was like, oh my god, it's MacGyver! I like, wanted to pull out that tape, you know, like, do something cool, you know? Um, and, you know, I kept taking, like, and we were, at one point, all of us were on the stage, so, like, I was on this big stage with him in front of all these people, and, you know, we were all up there taking pictures, so I made sure I got a picture, and I sent it to my brother, and I was like, Look who I saw. Is, uh, is there like a balance? Like you want, you want to play it cool, but you also want to be a fangirl at the same time? Yeah, I, I try to play it cool. Um, I, try, I like, I met uh, Christopher Lloyd and I was kind of like stumbling as I was talking to him. Um, and I was kind of embarrassed about that. But um, I mean, it's, I mean, don't get me wrong, I sit up on the panels at Alien stuff and I think, you know, backstage, I'm talking to my buddy, and then I'm on stage, and I'm like, oh my god, I'm sitting at the same table as Bill Paxton, like, he's sitting right next to me, like, uh, you know, because, I mean, to me, he is a movie speed. I mean, yes, he's my friend, but it's still like, wow, that's, it's, it's pretty cool. You want to name drop somebody who was uh, jazzed or juiced to meet you? Oh my gosh, I can't think of anyone at the moment. I'm trying to think. Give me a minute, I'll get back to you if I can think of anyone. Yes. Sorry, I will just tell you too, I just came in on a red eye, so I'm kind of tired. <laughs> it's funny you talk about, you know, that meeting the celebrities, meeting the, the people who are famous. And I've had, you know, doing, doing this, I've had a lot of opportunities to you know, sit and talk with people and interview And it never occurs to me to take selfies with the dance people. Because I don't think Thank <laughs> you. 
I know I'm weak. Which is kind of bad, but then I'm like, oh, oh yeah, I knew that person now. Does that make sense? Yeah, so that's actually that actually keeps you from stumbling and fumbling and whatever you're actually interacting with. So I guess maybe that's a good thing. I guess, yeah. Um actually I was just thinking, um oh, what's this? I'm trying to think of uh Lauren. Um he used to always do the pro am, the golf pro am in Monterey. And my brother and my brother's friend were all into going there and getting autographs from people. And they would say to my friend and I, well, we will we'll pay for all your meals and everything. We just want you to come with us. Because they were obviously thinking two girls are gonna get the autograph before two guys. And so we went there and Bill Murray was there. And they're like, Gary, you gotta say something about Noe Sigourney. Because he's not giving anyone an autograph. We need it in, you gotta do it. And I was really upset because he came to visit her at Pinewood and she came back from lunch and she's like, oh, Gary, I didn't even think about it. I should have taken you to lunch. I had Bill Murray for lunch. And I didn't even think about that you, you know, your Ghostbusters family would have enjoyed it. So I did fumble when I was talking to him and I was like, oh, you know, a friend of mine. And he stopped and looked at me probably thinking, who's this crazy lady? And so I said, oh, it's Sigourney. And he's like, yeah, how do you know her? So I told him, and I said, remember you came to visit her went at Pinewood, and so he actually stopped and gave us his autograph for that. But of course, I did all the work, but I didn't get the autograph. But you got lunch. Yeah, I did get lunch. I don't know if it was very exciting, though. It has been pleasant having you here in Evil Island together. I think I should reunite you with Jeremy now. <laughs> bad feeling about this. Um, maybe I should get out of here before I vanish too? Uh, but visit NeverlandPodcast.com for all of our contact information and write us a review on iTunes and email. Uh, email us at podcast at NeverlandPodcast.com